Welcome to the Hell of a Catholic Podcast. I'm TJ Capaldi, Pastor Lackey at the Georgia Tech Catholic Center. I'm Grant Ason, layperson at the Catholic Center. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, today we have with us uh, Grant, who is uh, hopefully going to make it on a few podcasts here. We'll see if he makes the cut. He's not impressing us already. But uh, Grant, tell us about yourself, like your major and where you're from and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm an industrial engineer, third year. Um, I'm from Stars Mill High School uh, in Fayetteville, Georgia. Uh, I go to Holy Trinity Catholic Church down there. Um, and I'm on the football team. So that's, that's pretty much it. It's all very exciting. Very happy to have you here. Today, our topic, we're starting a multi-podcast series on kind of sin sin and human beings and our relation with it. And we're going to try to keep it um, as clear as possible, but uh, today we are starting with um, the idea of what makes an act moral in the first place. So uh, the question that I'm going to throw out to both you guys is what's what kind of act can we make some sort of moral judgment about, right? So you see somebody walking down the road, and leave aside, leave aside whether you're supposed to judge people. It's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, you see somebody walking down the road. They pass in front of the Catholic Center. Another guy is coming, passes in front of the Catholic Center. The one guy decks the other guy right in the face and keeps walking. Right? Is that the kind of action that we could, that is potential to have some sort of moral quality? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we can we. I mean, yeah, we can't judge because we don't know the particular circumstances. Yeah. But um, you can say it's right or it's wrong, or this guy has done something sinful, or he's done something bad, yeah. or maybe he did something good. Right? Who knows? We got to know a little more about the situation. Right? Okay. What about the guy walking down the street? Somebody throws. Uh, he's walking with his girlfriend. Somebody at the Catholic Center who is uh, playing. Um, Whatever that beanbag, what's that beanbag game? Cornhole. 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 Somebody's playing cornhole, and uh, one of the throws goes awry, terribly, terribly (laughs) awry, and is jettisoned at this guy's face. And instinctually, he ducks, and the beanbag hits his girlfriend right in the face and breaks her nose. Now, is that a moral act? Is that the kind of act we can judge morally? Which one? Uh, Him ducking. Him ducking, I don't know. I, I, I there's some doubt. Yeah. I, I doubt it. Why? What makes the difference? It was instinct. I mean, naturally, you're, well, naturally, that guy should protect the girl, but also it's instinct to not get hurt. So, but would you say that instincts are the kind of thing that can be judged morally? Hmm. That's a tough one. Maybe you can judge the results of the act, uh, like, but just the fact that he did it doesn't seem like you could. I, he didn't. I mean, it just to me, it doesn't seem like he did it on purpose. Like he didn't think about it and make a decision about it. He just did it. Yeah, he didn't have a bad. He didn't like think. Okay, I, like have a bad intention about it. There's no way he could have. It right. doesn't seem like it. Probably didn't have any intention at all, except the instinct of self-preservation. Right. And he had enough of a he had enough of a uh, response time where he could actually see this this uh, wayward beanbag heading his way, 
and uh, and is able to dodge it in some way, right? Okay. So right off the bat, we've kind of established like in order for an act to be moral, right? There has to be something going on before before we could ever even apply the concept of is it right or is it wrong or is it whatever, right? Because um, there's a lot of things that human beings do that we would not consider to be moral acts, correct? Do you agree with that? Well, we've already pointed out one. Uh, I'd, I'm not sure what some other ones would be. Uh, so it would have to be something where where you're not like thinking about it and choosing it, basically, to give a vague, you know, starting point. That's your modus operandi. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of other things that that wouldn't be moral acts to to kind of well, carry on. Well, we uh, in my philosophy class, we actually talked about this um, this building collapsing. All these engineer, like all these engineers and their ethics and stuff, and. Um, the the guy's intention was not for the building to collapse on the people and kill the people. So can you, like, is that kind of what you're saying? Well, I mean, I'm not even sure I understand what you're talking well, about. Well, like, so I might I might just be missing your question, but so this this engineer bu- builds these, um, this path, these pathways across this big open plaza area. And, yeah. um, but then there's this big party, and so a lot of people were on these pat walkways. And there was an engineering flaw when they decided to Make a shortcut in how they design these pathways and how they actually put them together. So there was there was a kind of a they, they didn't stick with the plan 100 percent of how to actually build these pathways, and so then the, these walkways collapsed and killed a couple hundred like 130 people. Is that is that kind of? Uh, you know, I'm not sure that's that's not really what we're talking about. Okay. I don't think because in that case you are talking about a decision that was made okay. to save money or to take some sort of shortcut. Whether it was an approved decision or not, it was still a yeah. decision to somehow make a walkway that has the capacity to hold 130 people, yeah. not safe for 130 people. Yeah, I mean, the only connection I was thinking is he didn't. Int- his intention wasn't bad for making that decision. Right. Okay. So, so you're getting so intention um, definitely is going to play into what we're talking about, okay. right? Intention makes a huge difference. Okay. In a moral act. Okay. Um, and. There's the there's this traditional distinction um, that the catechism talks about of uh, a human act. Right, a human act is a human act is something that a person does based on a judgment of their conscience. Right, it's a voluntary act, an involuntary act, according to the catechism, is not considered to be a human act. Right, it's just something that a human being does. Like for instance an involuntary act that is the product of your biology is your heart is beating right now. You're not choosing for your heart to beat, right? It's just an involuntary act of your body, mm-hmm. right? So there in no way could your heart beating ever be considered a moral act, right? So in order for something to be a moral act, there has to be some sort of judgment of conscience that is this uh, decision-making faculty that you have in your mind. And the moral quality of an act is dependent on three things. Um, number one, and these, these are the terms that the church uses, right? We have number one, the object of the act, right? Number two, the end or the intention, and number three, the circumstances. So we're going to talk about what all three of these are. This is good. I like it. So the object, when we're looking at something that happens, the object is just 
sometimes the church uses terms that we might not use the same way these days. Yeah. But the object of a moral act is just what happened. Like, describe the action. That's it's the, the thing we're talking about. Right? So, in the case of my friend and the wayward beanbag, right? So, the, the action that occurred, when we're talking about it from his standpoint, is he ducked. Right? A beanbag came, he ducked, it hit his girlfriend and broke her nose. Right? So, that's, that's just that's what we're talking about. The object itself. Then there is the end or the intention. Right? That's where we get into the idea of what did the person have in mind when they made the decision. Right. What did the person have in mind when they made this? What was their goal? Right. So I um, I go into uh, into somebody else's office and I open up a drawer because I know that's where the stamps are kept. And in the meantime, I see uh, in that drawer um, a bag of narcotics. Right. So my intention, my intention in opening the drawer was to get stamps, but what I actually see there is now narcotics. Right. Okay. So the intention does matter with respect to an act. Okay. Um, and then the circumstances. So circumstances are the things that kind of make something either more or less uh, morally good or bad. Yeah. Um, circumstances can diminish somebody's responsibility. Or they can increase somebody's responsibility. Uh, for instance, if the wayward... So from the standpoint of the beanbag thrower, if the beanbag tosser is, um, for instance, somebody like uh, our pastor Lackey, then he probably would have no moral responsibility for having launched the thing uh, 90 degrees in the wrong direction at 125 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> whereas if it was like the pitcher for the Georgia Tech baseball team, right, the circumstances are different there. It's the same action, right, but the circumstances are different. Like uh, somebody who has a, a higher level of skill, uh, that kind of thing matters. For instance, you know, there's these famous stories of uh, people who get in fights uh, in the street or whatever, and if you are a trained special forces uh, person, the law is going to treat you much more harshly than if you are just a regular guy, right? Just the circumstances of the action are different. It doesn't make getting in a fight any better or worse. It just means that now the circumstances are more severe, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so let's play a game. Let's do end object. Let's do object, intention, and circumstances for just a general action. Any action you want to pick. What is it? Grant. Just an action? Yeah, give me something that happens. A moral action. Something that could be a moral action. Jeez. Oh, All right. Um, can I think about it? No. Sorry. Just give me an action. All right. You... Person cheats on a test. Okay. All right. So That's good. So go into your, uh, your, your what is it, engineering for ethics? Yeah. Ethics for engineers? Could talk about Chinese. Yeah. Really Whatever. Just... You know. Your ethics for engineers class. Yeah, yeah. And there's a guy, it wouldn't obviously would never be you, but there's a guy of uh, who has, you know, brought some sort of, I don't know how you would cheat in a philosophy class, but somehow the guy's going to cheat, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so what is the object of that action? He cheats. 
He just looks at someone else's paper. Yeah, well, cheating would be, we're making a judgment about yeah. it. We're calling it cheating, right? So the action itself is he he's looking at someone else's paper when he should not be, Yeah. right? Okay, what is the intention? He's trying to do better on the test. So his intention at that point is actually to cheat. Yeah, well, I've got right? a better object, I think. What? Looking at, I don't know, I think it makes it more interesting to say that he had some uh, like he wrote down a bunch of answers or reminders or something somewhere. I actually like the other one better because it makes the intention matter. Okay. Because the object, right, the object of looking at somebody else's paper, your intention could be to look at their answers. You also could have just inadvertently looked at it, right? You're just looking up and looking around. Okay. And you happen to see somebody's paper, right? Sure. So in that case, the intention really matters. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so the object, intention, and then circumstances... In this case, it don't really matter, right? Maybe he's really stressed out that he's going to lose the Hope Scholarship or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, maybe he's under threat, right? I mean, that's actually that actually can diminish his responsibility, right? If you're really terrified of some some, if you're really terrified of some uh, consequence that could come from the action, yeah, or from failure, yeah. then that doesn't make the action okay, right? It doesn't make the action okay, but it does kind of diminish your responsibility a little bit. Some other circumstances might be if it's the beginning of the semester versus the end of the semester because the grade's going to have a different kind of impact. Could be different if uh, if he's taken the class before and failed or something, yep. uh, which would be embarrassing, but, uh, you know, it happens. It's, it's, po- <laughs> it's possible. Um, then kind of the stakes are higher. Uh, could be... I don't know, I could keep going. But yeah. yeah. So if we're going to define object a little more specifically, right? So I first said it's just kind of the thing that's going on. If we define it a little more specifically, because the object of an action has to be what the will is intending, right? What the will is looking for, trying to get. And what that would be would be um, a good, some sort of good thing that the will is deliberately directing itself to. Does that make sense? In every action that you choose, it doesn't matter whether the action is to open up your bottle of water and drink a swallow of it, mm-hmm. or whether your action is to answer your phone, or whether your action is to look at Facebook when you're supposed to be taking notes in class, right? The object that you're seeking is always something good. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Is that only true of a moral act, or is it true of all acts? It might be true of all acts. It's definitely true of a moral act. Okay. That's the object. Have to think about that, right? What's that? That's the object we're thinking about. We're talking about. Yes. Okay. I don't think we can even talk about the object of an immoral or of a non-moral act, sure. because the object now this is because by definition it's what my the good my will is seeking. Okay, so right? there must be a will and the seeking. Yeah. 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 Okay. And a good. And a decision. <laughs> right. It has to be a good, a will, and a seeking. You know. Okay. And some sort of decision. So. Every single action, I remember when I was in seminary, like hearing this was one of those most mind-blowing things that ever I'd ever heard. Now it seems so obvious to me, right? But that everything that we do, even if it even if it results in a horrendous thing, we're always seeking some good. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, what is the good someone seeking when they kill their husband? Takes, takes to another level. Well, well, I know, I know, but but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, if I'm going to make a statement like that, 
then we can take it to like the most extreme example of anything. As crazy as it sounds, I mean, in order to in order to determine, obviously, you need to know more details. But like potentially, it could be uh, that you know they're seeking escape from a terrible situation, like some kind Absolutely. of like uh, you know recurring domestic yep. abuse. Could or be something that. Like that. Could be. I'm seeking the good of. Uh, there was. I just saw a story on the on the television this morning about. Um, a woman who uh, sabotaged her boyfriend's kayak so that it would capsize, and he drowned in it because she had a $250,000 insurance policy on him. Now, I don't know if she's guilty or innocent. I just saw it on TV this morning, right? But um, maybe somebody's intention is to rectify their financial situation, right? Or her, um, yeah, that's, still, that's a good intention, right? What you're trying to accomplish is a good thing. Or helping out her kids or something like that. Like maybe he's abusive to the kids. Yeah, but, but I mean, even violence. if it's, yeah. but I mean, like take out because those kind of things. When you consider like an abusive situation, that's actually another level of whether there's responsibility there. Sure. Okay. Oh. Gotcha. I mean, I mean, talk about it's better. It's best to talk about a situation in which somebody is guilty of sin, right? Oh, gotcha. gotcha. You know, yeah, like yeah. why did I do this? Well, I did it because I wanted X, right? So why did you kill this person? Because I wanted to stay free, and if I didn't kill the person, I'm afraid they would have turned me in for selling drugs. Sure. So they were completely right. at fault, really. Exactly. Like gotcha. We're not talking about whether there's no fault, right? Yeah. But every action that we do is seeking some sort of good thing. Gotcha. Right? There's always a pleasure, or there's always a some sort of, uh, some sort of pay, payoff for each of us. That's why I tell people sometimes um, when they come to confession and they can't figure out, like, why why can't I get past this? What is it? And I ask them to think about what it is that they're getting out of this. Like, what are you getting out of this sin? Right? Because the thing is, what they tend to be trying to get is something that's good. And if they can get that good thing in a good way, a lot of times the sin goes away. Right? Because you're, you're always seeking something good. Um... Okay, so that's that's object. Now, here's the thing, though. There are some objects, there are some objects that are just completely disordered, right? That are completely disordered. Things that you would get out of something, or just actions that you would do. Well, the action, the thing that you direct your will towards, is a good thing, but the action that has to happen in order to accomplish that could be inherently bad. Well, what it does is the action that you have to do to accomplish the good you're seeking can never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, lead you to that good. Gotcha. Certain actions. That's what, that's what the church calls an objectively disordered act. That you're seeking a good, but the way that you're going about getting it could never possibly get you that good. I see. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. So that's what the church calls an objectively disordered act, right? So that's what we mean by virtue of the object that we're talking about. It's disorder because it will never, ever produce what you're trying to accomplish. All right, so we'll talk more about that in a minute. So now let's go to intentions again. Okay. The intention indicates the purpose that's pursued in the action, Right? The movement of the will towards the end. The object is the good that the will is moving towards, and the intention is the movement of the will itself. Right? So, we always intend some good object. 
right? Something that we want. We always have this good intention, but the action itself to get it might not produce that. Um, the other thing the church says is with, with respect to intentions, can with a good intention, can I do something that's objectively wrong? No. Why? Because the, the good intention doesn't erase the like the fact is the object is either is either morally permissible or morally prohibited. Yeah. Right? Objectively. That's how we can talk about moral acts. So think this is something people have a lot of trouble with today in the church. So we can talk about moral acts objectively. Yeah. Right? Without talking about why somebody did what they did. The fact is the that that guy drowning in his kayak because it had been sabotaged that is a, a morally bad thing. It's a bad thing that's happened, right? So I can talk about that without even getting into the question of did this woman intend to kill her boyfriend, right? Maybe she put the holes in the kayak. I don't know how she sabotaged it, but maybe she put the holes in the kayak because she thought that that would help him in some way, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't who knows, right? <laughs> it's yeah. possible, but... Right? Yeah. Um, is it kind of like if there if you came to... Like, let's say you're going down a path and you there's a fork in the road and only one of these, like you're trying to get to the Catholic Center, okay? And there's no signs. Only one of these paths goes to the Catholic Center. The other one goes to the library. Um, and you choose the one that goes to the library, but your intention was, is to go to the Catholic Center. No matter how far down that path you go, you're never going to get to the Catholic Center. Is that kind of what we're saying? Um, like, it's still the wrong path, even if you right, are trying to get good, to the Catholic right? Center. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that kind of works. Although I'm not sure that's a, I'm not sure that's the best kind of example. Okay. Um, I think a, a better example. It's always good to use concrete examples. I think when you're talking about morality, <laughs> right? Um, you know, somebody that steals in order to uh, somebody that steals in order to um, to not have to beg, right? Someone that steals in order to not have to beg, right? So I need whatever this thing is. I decide to steal it, so I'm not going to have to be on the street begging for it. Um, the intention can never, like, and even the circumstances, the fact that you're living on the street, that we're, we, we all feel sorry for you, whatever, that doesn't make stealing okay. Right, stealing's not okay. Um, there are some strange exceptions for things that you have an absolute right to, which is like food. But we're not going to get into that. So we can talk about this some other time. Um, but good intentions don't make bad actions into good actions, right? We can't, um, you know, it's like uh, Caiaphas says that um, it's right for one person to die. Uh, you know, to to assuage the so that the nation so the so the nation can prosper, or whatever. Yeah. Right? That's this never right. You know, we can't say that it's okay to sacrifice one person so that these other ones can live. Like, you can't have this intention of saving people and yet do something horrible in the process. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. We could. Do so, another. like you've heard this phrase: the ends don't justify the means. Yeah. Yeah. We could do another podcast on how that factors into the fact that Jesus died for everyone and allowed everything to happen to him that did. We could. 
but not today. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, object, intention, and circumstances, right? Circumstances increase or decrease the goodness of an action, but they never change it. It's either morally right or morally wrong, and circumstances increase or diminish the goodness or the badness of the act. Really? Yeah, circumstances don't make something morally right or wrong. That doesn't make sense to you. Well, I'm thinking of an example where uh, something that, like, let's say um, a curfew of some sort exists, right? To be out in the street is not, and for a good intent, like, it seems to me that the that circumstance of the timing of which you went outside in the street after the curfew or before the curfew changed it from being good or bad. Assuming that the curfew law is a good law, uh, I don't. Okay, so help me understand. So you, the curfew. There's a curfew at 10 p.m., and you go out at 9:50, and you break curfew. Well, if you go out at like if you're out at 9:50 and you come back before the curfew, it's not a. It's, I, what I'm saying is the only reason going out after the curfew is is immoral is because of the circumstance is or am I missing something no I think that's that's the that's the law itself you're saying now if you're going to say that the curfew itself is unjust that's a whole different issue right but if the curfew is a just law then going out after the curfew the decision there is a decision the object is to attain something right but the what whatever intention you have like maybe your intention is um, I need to go and get the doctor right um, but if the curfew is a just law and doesn't have any exceptions, which it that would not make sense in this case, right? But if the curfew is a just law and you decide to go out anyway, that's not a circumstantial thing. That is a direct violation of the precept. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it's like uh, killing someone, right? Now, if it's in fact murder... Right. In order for it to be murder, it can't be self. Like self defense is not murder, right? Self defense is taking a life, but it's not murder, right? So murder can be more or less serious based on circumstances, right? And the law even recognizes that, right? So we have like first degree murder, second degree murder, manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, all those kind of degrees, right? And those are based on circumstances. Yeah. Right. So I think maybe the distinction between manslaughter is intention, but it doesn't matter. Um, first and second degree murder, for instance, is circumstances. Um, so at any rate, object, intention, and circumstance. That's how we judge every single moral action. Um, one of the things that I, I really hope people understand, hope you guys all understand as we come out of this, is the, the church uses this phrase, objectively disordered, in a lot of different um, situations that these days cause a number of... Uh, a number of different objections. <laughs> and um, I hope we understand what objectively disordered means. Right? It means that the thing you are trying to attain can never be attained by the action that you're doing. And there are some that, um, for instance, in Catechism 1756, said there are acts which, in and of themselves, independently of circumstances and intentions, are always gravely illicit by reason of their object. So it does not matter what your intention is, and it does not matter what the circumstances are, right? Just the thing itself makes it wrong, period. Such as blasphemy, 
and perjury, murder and adultery, right? It doesn't matter what the circumstances are, right? If it's murder, then there's no possible reason why it could ever be okay. If it's adultery, there's no possible reason why it could ever be okay. Blasphemy, perjury, there's other ones. Abortion is considered one of these. So there's no possible reason why abortion could ever be okay. Like what, what is the good that someone's seeking in an abortion? In an abortion, I mean, there's a whole, whole lot of them. Like let's, you take the most sympathetic case, right? So a woman is raped by a family member, right? So now you have incest and, incest and rape. So there's no question that is a tragic situation, right? So when the person goes to terminate the life of the baby, the object or the, their intention is to have relief from this terrible situation they find themselves in, right? The problem is the object, the thing that happens, can never actually provide that relief, right? You can't take away the fact that you were raped by the fact that the child is now dead. You can't take away the fact that it was done by a family member by the fact the child's now dead, right? So the object itself can never provide that relief. You see what I'm saying? That's why it's objectively disordered. Nothing about the action can solve the problem. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just have one question off that, and then I, this might be getting off topic, but it seems like so many things nowadays we we seek so, a good in something that we know cannot be there, like like abortion. But how how do you go about? It's not just that. I mean, that's an extreme example, right? right? But I, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah. We're seeking goods where they cannot be found. How do how do we? And it's obviously a disordered thought. Um, and if we really dig down deep before we do it, we could probably figure out that we're not going to get that good from there. But how can we? help ourselves just figure it out before the act rather than after to figure out that we're not going to get the good out of that act oh see this this requires education right because one of the things that does happen in these situations is that a lot of times our reasoning and our conscience is dulled by repeated acts of sin or by the stress of a situation right okay and that's what i'm saying so in order for it to be a moral act we're going to talk about this some more with, with another podcast, but in order for it to be a moral act, you do have to have a sufficient level of freedom, and you do have to have a sufficient level of knowledge okay. and all those kind of things in order for something to be a moral act. And there are times when our freedom is impeded so much that we are not sufficiently free to even call it a human act. With an example, going back to the abortion example, like let's say this girl just has no idea that you can do adoption. Absolutely. Or she's and, and she's so terrified, yeah. right? Her family is threatened to disown her. Yeah. Maybe her boyfriend is is threatening to kill her. I mean, who knows, right? All right. kinds of crazy things. That her reason is now so clouded. So that's when we get into the question of whether it's a sin or not. Oh, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. I can say the action is morally wrong without it being a sin. Okay. Right? Yeah. So in this in that kind of case we can say, well the woman's freedom has been so impaired, or there are even situations where you see like the parents are taking them in, right? Parents are taking them into the abortion clinic. It's like the person who should be trying to help you is not. Um, your freedom is so impaired there, it's questionable whether it's a sin, but that doesn't change that what's going on is morally wrong, right? Yeah. We can judge the object, the thing that's happening, apart from all the rest of it that makes it a sin or not a sin. And I think we're going to talk about that on our yeah. next podcast, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I hope that uh, this has been somewhat clear. Um, and uh, if you have any questions about these uh, these issues in the object intention, you can find most of this that we talked about in the catechism, um, basically in, in section 1749 to 1754. It's just a few paragraphs. It's really kind of jam-packed with a lot of information, but uh, if you're interested, it's there. You can all, also send us an email at podcast at gtcatholic.org, and uh, thank you for listening.